going to the races and watching the car win and going down and standing with the driver when you're taking apart the engine and and looking at how well and everybody's all happy and it's uh it's it's a very satisfying experience welcome to the job speakers podcast my name is robert hendrickson and every week i explore a new job with a new guest whose experiences and personal career stories could very well change your life. Our guest this week is John D. Silvestri. He is a chemical engineer by trade who has worked his way up the ranks to now be a leader in the oil and lubrications business known as the Amelie Oil Company. You might recognize the name Amelie by virtue of Amelie Arena in Tampa. If you live in the area or you've been down to visit, it's one and the same. John and I just wrapped up a great conversation where we talked more about what being a chemical engineer is. We explored what it's like to move into the leadership ranks, managed to hear about uh, John's proudest moment, which he sort of alluded to in that clip in the beginning. And last but not least, John provided a final and definitive answer about how often we should change the oil in our cars. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hey, John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Could you explain what you do for a living? (laughs) Well, my background is in uh, chemical engineering, and currently I work for Amelie Oil Company. I am the vice president of product development and technical services. Can you demystify the the title? That sounds pretty impressive, but tell us a little bit more about what that means for you on a day-to-day basis. On a day-to-day basis, what that means for me is I basically manage our entire product portfolio. So currently we have uh, about a thousand different uh, formulations that we uh, blend here uh, in Tampa or Charleston or over in California where we have several plants. And they they cover a range of products, everything from uh, engine oils that you'd be changing in your car, transmission fluids to specialized uh, equipment products, to industrial gear oils, things like even greases uh, for electric vehicles, uh, electric motor greases, uh, lots of specialty different things. So we're into quite a, a, a broad range of products. So is it your job to make sure that once a product becomes a thing, meaning that your business needs to produce it, is it your job to ensure that all of your facilities, and it's not manufacturing, right, but all of your plants basically make that product to spec and on time? Can you tell, tell us a little bit yes. more there? So I, I cover, if, if you look at the product development side of it, I'm responsible starting right from the beginning. So, in uh, and there's lots of different ways we decide we're going to develop a product. It could be a an OEM, an original equipment manufacturer, asking us for a change that they want some better performance, or it could be a customer. It, it could be lots of different things. So uh, initially, I'll start up and, and, and look at, okay, what is the opportunity for this product? Is there a real opportunity in the marketplace for us to produce this and sell it? What does the volume look like? Uh, where can we actually place this product in the marketplace? And then I'll work with uh, different suppliers of which I have... Uh, probably a hundred at this point uh, that make different chemicals and things for us and speak to them about uh, what chemicals they can provide to help me out. And then basically I'll develop a, uh, a pre-blend, something that I think will work. We'll make that blend and start the testing program. 
So once we have a, the testing program completed, if everything looks good, then I'll set up the specification file, which is basically what we're gonna use, how much of each component we're gonna use, what it should test like at the end. So different properties, things like the Visca metrics or the wear profiles or things like that, make sure that that's all set and straight. And then I will work with the marketing team on how we're gonna market the product, work with the sales team on how we're gonna sell the product and get them information on the product, and then work with the customers we're going to buy the product. So I cover that entire, <laughs> the entire range of it. And do you have a team reporting to you to help you with all that? Yeah, I have a great team of people. So yeah, it's definitely not all me. I have a very good team of chemists and uh, quite a few. I have probably between all the facilities right now, I have uh, probably 15 degreed chemists. I mean, people, uh, even people with their master's degrees and then uh, lab technicians and things, I probably have another 15 of those. So we have quite a good team of people working on the development side of the, the product. And then as far as a lot of the other things, of course, we have a sales team. We have a marketing team of people that I work with. I'm going to jump to a few fun questions and then we'll circle back to the uh, right. heavy lifting behind, behind your, your day job. When you were young, did you used to melt things or create explosions? <laughs> well, I probably should admit to the explosion things, but yes, but I had I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, and there were a lot of old, empty strip mines, and we would go down there and and, and blow things up. Yes, we would mix things together and and do things. We had we made a uh, at one time we made a, a potato gun with a three inch steel pipe. We threaded it drilled it so we could put a uh, <laughs> packet with things and put a fuse in it. And then my younger brother would actually hold it on his shoulder. I would just put it on the ground and run away. My brother would hold it on his shoulder and it had launched <laughs> a potato, you know, 400 yards. But we did lots of crazy things like that. Second question. If someone were to go into your house, would they find beakers? <laughs> in my house, in the garage, they would, yes. Okay, last, uh, last question, fun question. When's the last time you personally used a centrifuge? That is about a week ago. You are now in a position where you're really working with a lot of different teams to bring these products to market. What are some of the key skill sets you leverage every day to be successful in what you do? I would say one of the keys to successfully managing people is to understand the people that work for you. So you can't just bring people in speak to them for a minute a day and expect to get your point across and understand what their day-to-day -day job is. So I've, you need to spend time with the people and understand exactly what motivates them, uh, what they're looking for when they're trying to get something done. And I, so I, I kind of have a broad approach to people. I, I don't just have one, some people respond better to one form of style and some people respond better to another. So I, I if you can, be that adaptable in how you deal with people, right? you'll be successful in, in, in that type of, of uh, management style. How about on the technical side? I know um, personally, I have uh, some younger friends who are taking or have taken chemistry in school and absolutely hate it. So the question <laughs> there is, do you use those skills and, and how much does math factor into your job? Well, obviously chemistry and math are huge. So math is is definitely big. I went all the way through differential cal calculus in, in uh, college. I'm not going to say you're going to use differentials every day, but uh, 
you know, we, we were just working on a program, a, a modeling program we have, and it, it runs a differential analysis in the equation. So you have to kind of understand how to program something like that or, or how it should work. So math, I mean, most of the math isn't going to be something like that. Most of the math is going to be your standard, you know, uh, nothing higher than algebra, probably. But it's, it is important. And, and chemistry, obviously, is, is huge. I, when I took chemistry in high school, I loved it. So I know most people didn't like it, but I actually, I really enjoyed that class. What about it did you like the most? I just like the idea that you could just mix stuff together and make all these different things. Uh, how the different elements uh, reacted with each other. What is your typical day like, if there's such a thing? You mentioned some of the broader roles you have, but give us a couple tangible examples of a typical day as someone's listening to you and what you do for a living. A lot of chemical engineers, when they graduate from college, will be what are what's called a process engineer. So you'll get a certain part of the factory, and your job is really to make that process run better. <clears throat> and that's really what a, an engineer is trying to do. They're always trying to streamline a process, make it run better, uh, whether that's more environmentally friendly, uh, better safety, uh, better flow through. So pricing and margins are better. That's all part of what you're trying to do. So that's how I started my career, doing that kind of stuff. And then I slowly worked my way up to, I mean, a day for me now is typically a lot of meetings, uh, a lot of checking on projects, uh, a lot of more decision making where you're actually the one that's saying, yes, we're going to move forward with that or no, we're not going to do it that way. But that, that's a day, you know, it, it's a lot of uh, kind of higher level decision making on things. But I like to get out and work in the lab every day, too. Yeah, I like to be in there working and doing things, running tests. When you think about the younger chemists who are coming into your operation, I'm guessing you probably coach and mentor them quite a bit. What are some of the themes that underlie that coaching? Once again, it just gets to, to it comes back to knowing, you know, knowing the person that you've that you've hired and brought in. So you, you want to kind of understand what they're looking for out of the career. And some people are depending upon what there's, you know, some people are looking for things that the probably the, that that career isn't going to get for them. Uh, working in a lab can become kind of tedious. Uh, you run a lot of the same tests day in and day out. So you have to be the, a type of personality that can that can do that because uh, you're going to do a lot of the same things over and over and over again. I mean, hopefully you can change processes and, and, and do things a little bit differently. But for the most point, that's what's what's going to happen. So a lot of the mentoring just kind of comes around. You know, I'll, I'll talk to people about what they want to do, where they want to go in their career. And, 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 you know, a lot of people get promoted out of the lab to do some things. Some people are very good technically and they're good with people, or they might be very quality oriented in what they're doing. So they might move to, uh, you know, an auditor in the facility or, or somebody in the, on that quality team. And each different person, you know, each person's a little different than what they like to do. But my job is I always tell people, I, I, I never, if someone comes to me with a great, I'm sad to see people go, but if someone comes to me with a great position that they can move on to, I'm I'm 100% behind them. I'll you know, write them a letter of recommendation and anything I can do to help somebody for further their career if, if, if I don't have something immediately available for them. This is a curiosity question I had. You know, I'm guessing the world of, of chemical engineering and the things you describe that you do um, is very different in, in today's world than it was 20, 30 years ago. 
And I thought of two factors that maybe if you could um, share your thoughts on, I'd appreciate. The, the first is the downstream environmental considerations of the world of working with chemicals. And the second is the role of technology. Could you sort of take those one at a time and talk about some of the changes that have happened maybe since you started working in this field? Oh, it's, it's huge. We've probably got to go a little bit back before me, but I mean, obviously technology has, has, has become a major player. It's hard to do things now without the technology that we have. Uh, so just uh, just as an example, so I was thinking I spoke about the modeling system we have now where we'll take different components, put them together in a computer model, and it'll kind of model out what we think we would get in the end. In the old days, that might be eight months of in a lab mixing things together, you know, to try and figure out something. Now it's, you know, it's uh, a few hours of putting data into a computer and press the button and boom, you've got something that's pretty close to what you expect. So that is huge. And it's been a big change for, for at least me and, and, and what I've seen in this industry. So technology, definitely the ability to communicate with people. We, I have a, like I said, a facility up in Charleston, and we have four facilities out in California. And the ability to do what we're doing right now, talk to somebody over a computer, see them, be able to communicate what you want to do, it's its, it's huge. Uh, it really is. If somebody's having an issue, they can literally take their phone, show me an instrument there, show me what they're doing, and I can say, okay, yeah, nope, that's right there, do that. And, and it, it makes it so much easier. And then on the environmental side, how does that change what you do? Environmental side, obviously, is huge. Everybody's thinking greener, uh, cleaner. And so we like to say in the lubricant industry that it, it, it is, it's a big part of the lubricant industry just in general because lubricants themselves make equipment move easier, right? So if you didn't put any oil in your engine, it would seize up and freeze. So the better I can make that oil and the easier it is for that engine to run, the less fuel you need to power that engine. So I can save fuel by coming up with a, a better engine oil. Same thing goes in industry. If I can make gear oils and things that make those pumps or, or turbines turn easier and they need less power to power. So you're actually having an effect on energy consumption by using lubricants and, and, and coming up with different ways and better lubricants for, for equipment. And then of course, you know, waste and things in a facility, you want to make sure you're minimizing your waste products as much as you can and, and coming up with ways of reusing those waste products uh, that are one, you know, valuable to a society that you're not just dumping uh, things in places. So definitely, you know, minimization of any kind of waste stream from a facility has come in, in any, any kind of manufacturing, not just chemical engineering, but any manufacturing. That's become a big deal. When you talked a bit about some of the formulas you've created, you sort of, your face sort of lighted up a bit. So I want to ask the question, are there any uh, stories where you were particularly proud of a project or a product that you were able to be part of uh, launching? Well, I'm very proud of, we came up with, uh, we, we uh, sponsor uh, a, a drag car. Let's see. So we, we have our own one and we've, a driver was having issues with his engine, some pitting scoring on his pistons and things. And uh, we decided to come up with a project to come up with a new oil for him to use. And uh, we did. And he won his first race the second time he used the oil. 
He won two more races that year and he hadn't won a race uh, before that. So that oil was definitely became very popular uh, among racers. So we've been able to, to, to sell that oil to other people as well. And it, it, it's come out, it's worked very well for us. You just so. reminded me of something. You know the internet, everyone's an expert, right? And I'm being somewhat facetious. Oh. And you can find a hundred post threads about yes. how frequently we're supposed to change our oil in our vehicles. So while I have you, because I don't know anyone who does what you do, <laughs> what's what's the verdict um, when it comes to those who are, you know, the every 3,000 milers, the every 5,000 milers? I mean, I use synthetics now and go even a little bit beyond that. And, and engines, of course, are built to a higher specification. But I have to ask out of curiosity, what's the verdict from your perspective? Yeah, there is a huge difference between an engine oil of 40 years ago when people were doing 3,000 mile oil changes and an oil today. They're, they're not even this, you almost can't say they're, they're totally different things at this point. Uh, there's a lot of engineering that goes in, in, into an oil today. Everything from friction modifiers to detergents, dispersant chemistry, uh, anywhere chemistry, extreme pressure chemistry, it's all very different than what they used to do. So the 3,000 mile oil drain, even if you're using a conventional oil, that's a thing of the past. You, you should easily be able to get five to 6,000 miles on it, on a conventional oil. I mean, I'll, you know, it, it's hard, it's hard, you know, <laughs> to say exactly. A lot of it depends on how a person drives, but even with synthetics, you should easily get eight to 10,000 miles now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the advertisements for mobile and stuff. Where they're saying, you know, two years or a full year or there's different. There's, there's some car companies that have engine oil specifications for their cars that it is a two year old drain interval. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I asked because I go five on the conventional for an older car we have and then uh, just shy of 10 on on a newer one that I've used synthetic on from day one. So thank yeah, you. I be feel better. I, I can I like to tell people this, though. Here, the the cheapest thing you can do to maintain your car running is changing oil. Now you think of all the other things that can go wrong with a car, how expensive it is. The cheapest thing you can do is change the oil. So I know people like to push that drain interval, but uh, if you're gonna get five or 10,000 miles, that's that's pretty good. And it's an inexpensive way to ensure that that engine is gonna be there for you in the future. Tell me a little bit about the, I know it's important, but maybe more specifically, uh, the importance of safety um, in, in the world in which you work. Safety is huge. Well, we have, we have, obviously at this company, we have a, a staff that's dedicated to nothing but safety here. Uh, we have safety inspectors who walk the floors every single day. Uh, we have uh, monthly safety meetings with our teams. Each, each manager is responsible to have a monthly safety meeting, a topic to discuss and things, and where we look for also feedback from our employees on any unsafe things that they've seen going on, uh, anything they'd like to see change. So we record all that stuff and we have meetings talking about what we can do to make the facility a, a, a safe environment. But it is, it is a, a huge part of, of what we do. It would seem like being safety conscious is a, re, a prerequisite for for anyone joining you know the chemical engineering field would you say yeah if i hire you and i bring you in the very first thing that you will get is a safety briefing that is the very first thing i will discuss with you i'd like maybe if you could uh, to summarize the journey your career journey between the potato gun and your current role 
Could you summarize where you were, how you got into this, maybe a little bit about your schooling, but just sort of your your path? Because I think a lot of people, particularly younger people, don't realize there's no one answer and you can have various turns and still end up in a great place like you are. So could you just summarize that for us? Yeah. I mean, so for me, <clears throat> I always joke and say that uh, deciding my major in college was the hardest decision I ever made. I have a lot of interest. There's a lot of things I'm interested in. But uh, I mean, I'm glad I chose chemical engineering. It's been a good career for me. But I, I, I do have to say, I mean, it, it, it's something, you know, I, it was a hard decision to, to make that that was what I wanted to do. Although I loved chemistry. So I would say, you know, first, you got to look for something that you really love and, and, and try and get involved in that. So that's what I did. I started off my career, as I discussed before, as a process engineer. So I was really responsible for, uh, and chemical engineers normally are, you're, you're responsible for the whole process, right? From, from what comes in to what goes out. We call it the big box. You draw a big box around the plant, you look at what comes in, you look at what comes out, and then how are you gonna make that better? And uh, so that's what I did for, many years just uh, working on different uh, projects to increase efficiencies, decrease waste, uh, lots of things like that. If you do it well and you work hard, you people will notice and then you'll get moved up. You know, I mean, that's pretty much true. Well, I've had some good, very good mentors in my career, people who said, look, if you did this, you do this for me, I will do this for you. And then they stuck to it. So getting with a, a, a good mentor, somebody you trust that that's really there to help you uh, is, is invaluable. And I've been lucky enough, knock on wood, that the, the people that I've dealt with have really come through and uh, the things they said they would come through for me. I kind of ended up at uh, Amelie, well, we're AOC USA, but it's Amelie Oil Company. Uh, I applied for a job here and I started off uh, formulating products uh, at this facility and I worked my way up to kind of be in charge of that and then my career's kind of just grown from that. So I've gotten involved in a lot of different uh, aspects of this. How long have you worked there? I've been, uh, this will be 16 years this year. Wow. And in your former roles, some of that process engineering work, were you still in the sort of lubricants uh, business or was it a different no, kind of completely different field? So one thing I've learned is you don't have to stay in the same field, right? A lot of skills will transfer from one job to another. So you shouldn't be scared about stepping into a totally different thing. A lot of times that's actually very good because you bring a different perspective to a field. It's very easy if you work in something for a long time to get used to how something is. You're not looking for that, that change, that thing that's gonna make things better. You just kind of accept the things as are. So it's good to step into different fields because you, you can bring that, you have an, it's a new eye looking at things. John, what do you like the most about your job? I, I, I enjoy the people I work with. Yeah, I enjoy what I do. I feel like I'm creating things. I feel like I'm doing something. It's. Uh, at the, at the end of a project, when you see something come to fruition and it's on a shelf or it's on some, you, you, you can, you get, there's a great deal of satisfaction in seeing something from, it's just like going to the races and watching a car win and going down and standing with the driver when you're taking apart the engine and, and looking at how well, and everybody's all happy. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a very satisfying experience. That's what I'll say about manufacturing. It's a, 
it's a job where you're doing something and you can see the end result of what you did. Let me turn turn it on its side a little bit. If there's maybe one thing about your job you might change or tweak or maybe even frustrates you, what would that thing be? <laughs> uh, I really enjoy my job, but it, it, it's 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 one thing I've worked on throughout my career and still work on today is just the ability to uh, to be a little bit better delegator of of what I have to do. You know, a lot of times you 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 just keep doing things and doing things until you you know you're, you 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 have a twenty four hour day <laughs> of working. So it, it's just better managing. Uh, what you have to get done and, and allowing the people around you to help you. Uh, I think that's another big part of, of, of managing people is allowing them to do things that, that help you and allow them to grow themselves. So giving them, taking them off the leash and letting them go out there and, and actually do the job. I used to use the phrase that delegation is freedom. Yes. And like you, I, I had to learn it the hard way where my bosses were forcing me to do that because I you know, naturally wanted to do it myself. But then once you do it and it works, it really is freedom, right? You really do realize that people may be doing things a little differently than you, but they can do it just as well. Yeah, well, that, that's actually a piece of advice that a mentor gave me once years ago. He said, John, you can't move up. You can't move forward until you have someone that can replace you. So you need to have give someone the ability to do exactly what you're doing now so that you can step out from that position and move to another position. And that was it was very good, good advice. If someone's listening today, maybe a, a younger person is thinking about entering this field for the first time. And imagine they they finally get to the point where they have an interview with, uh, you know, a chemical based company. What maybe one or two questions would you highly recommend that young person ask during that interview? I, I would definitely, you know, that question you asked me about what's my typical day like? That's definitely a good question for a person to ask. So what, 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 is, what, is my, what would my day be like? What are my expectations? Uh, what are you looking for me to accomplish over a day? Uh, what kind of things am I going to actually be doing when I, when I get there? I mean, you need to understand what the job's going to be. Uh, a lot of people will go off of a title, but it doesn't really describe what their day-to-day -day actions are going to be at that job. So I would say get a clear understanding of what's expected of you uh, daily from, from that person that's hiring you. Final question. When you reflect on your entire career, not the nuts and bolts of what you do every day, but the bigger picture as you've been clearly successful, when you reflect on that, if you were to offer one piece of overall career advice for the world to hear, what would that advice be? Don't limit yourself. Yeah, too often I hear people say, I can't do that. I, I, it's something I can't do. And, and that, that's just that's the worst thing you can possibly do. The, the, the best thing you can do for yourself is to believe that you can, you can accomplish anything you want to do. Excellent. John, thanks for the time and for the wisdom. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. I really loved uh, talking to John and I really love this episode. I also love the fact that I can now say I have a potato gun story in one of my podcasts. So again, thank you, John. I would be remiss, though, not to thank John's sister, Debbie. Debbie is a colleague and a friend of mine. 
and you know someone doesn't mind working with you too much, if they go back to their brothers and try to ask them to get on the show, and Debbie was successful doing just that with John. So thank you, Debbie. Uh, I really appreciate the help finding a great guest, and that's exactly what John was. I'm working on a guest for next week. As I uh, sometimes mention to you, who comes on is a bit of a last-minute thing, depending on who's available. But all I can do is promise another great guest and say that in next week's episode, I am going to have the feel-good story, certainly of my podcast experience, but one I think everyone will really enjoy hearing. It's the story of how one of the guests on, on one of my podcasts had his life changed directly as a result of someone listening to that episode. With all that, I hope you have a great week. And until next time, be good, be safe, be well, and goodbye.